Welcome. You are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. Father God, um, I would just like to take the time this morning to thank you for Steve and Robin and the blessing that they've been and uh, continue to be to our church family. Um, Thank you for bringing them here and making them a part of our church. And God, we are also very thankful that you have given them um, a new thing to do, a new calling that you have placed in their lives, Um, and not only the blessing of doing something that they love and that they're good at, but that you're actually providing for their family in that calling as well. Um, God, we, we know that only you can do that for us, and so we thank you for that. Um, and Lord, I pray that as we have this next month together, that um, you will help us to make our goodbyes good goodbyes, and that it will be a time that continues to bless our entire church family. God, give us strength uh, in times of change, and we will thank you for that. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I've already thanked Steve and Robin not only for their uh, service here to uh, ministering to our church family, um, but also thank you again, guys, for being, being willing to come up a month early and do that. Um, over the last year, it seems like, and I'm sure that you probably feel the same way, I have been saying goodbye to everyone. Whether it be Pastor Tom and Nancy, who are always traveling, um, friends who have said or have already gone back to Zimbabwe, or Malawi, or plan to. Other friends from Suhitle that have left the township life here in Hermanus to move back to the city where they think that things aren't quite so black and white. Or the daily news of another person and another person and another person moving to Australia or New Zealand. There are a lot of goodbyes going around right now. And you know what? I don't blame anyone for their decisions to say those goodbyes. They have the freedom to move around and do as they want. In fact, for those of us that know that Jesus is our Savior, that is to say for those of us who know that Christ died for us, who daily rest in his person and his work, done for us, we are free to do as we wish if it does not take away from God and his good gifts in this life. We are free through the good news that we have been given to do anything that does not get in the way of loving God with all of ourselves and loving our neighbors as ourselves.
Now, for a lot of people, and I remember when Tara and I were first married, and in 2009, I moved here to South Africa for the first time, and I distinctly remember we had friends here and there, and we were in a church community, but for the most part, we just got to pack a couple of duffel bags and say, see ya. We had very few attachments. Uh, That makes goodbyes really easy, right? And in fact, in so many ways, early on in life, there might be times when you're just ready to say goodbye. (laughs) And it doesn't really matter who is left in the wake of that goodbye. And yet, also, whether you like it or not, each and every one of us that have been found in Christ have been invited to be a part of a community of people. Uh, In your home, you're a part of a community, in and around your home. In the workplace, and in particular today, we're talking about the church. In Psalm 133, the psalmist says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. He goes on to say that it's like oil. It's like the blessing of oil being poured on your head which to me doesn't sound like much of a blessing, but let's get to the big idea here. Uh, What the psalmist is saying is actually from Exodus chapter 24 when priests are being anointed. The priests are having oil poured over them as a blessing to say, you are here to help take care of your community. To help your community to understand that their sins are forgiven because of the righteousness of God. In our case, as we studied together in 1 Peter, specifically chapter 2, we are called a priesthood of believers. So for those of us who are brothers and sisters in Christ, we should always be on the ready. We should always be prepared to be praying for one another, listening to one another, And reminding each other of the forgiveness of sins that we have in Jesus. Maybe to update it so that we could understand it a little bit different. What the psalmist is talking about um, is us serving one another in all of our imperfections. And when we do that, it pleases God And it blesses one another. The funny thing about that is, and if you have a brother in this room, you could probably echo, or rather not echo what the psalmist is saying. How precious it is, right? How pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. (laughs) My brother's a lawyer. He wants to fight about everything all the time. Even if he's on the wrong side of history, he will fight for it no matter what, okay? And he, okay, no, I'll leave him alone. I'll leave my brother alone. Okay, here I am. I'm, I'm not dwelling in unity with him right now. But that's not the kind of unity that we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of unity that comes from knowing our identity, to know who we belong to. So if you are resting in Jesus for your salvation, you can know for sure that God wants you to be in community with others. He wants you to dwell in community with each other. 
That is why all of the letters of the New Testament, though even though some of them are written to individuals, they are to be read to churches, to communities. They're never just to be read by one person, one person receiving knowledge. It is expected in the New Testament that if you are a believer, if you know that Christ is your Savior, that you are deeply sown into a community of believers, otherwise known as a church. Here's our big idea this morning. Goodbyes create and build community. Goodbyes create and build community. That sounds like the opposite of what is true, right? It seems like it's the breaking up of community. But last night we were sharing this news that I was going to share this morning with our kids. Finnegan, sorry, I'm going to talk about you for just a second. And Finnegan said to me, oh, you know, I kind of always thought that that would happen. Uh, (laughs) He said, and he's right. He's right. He said, I always thought that we would send Uncle Steve out to be a part of another church. Now, we've never necessarily known what that means exactly, but we see now what that means. And each of us, as, let's say, time takes you somewhere else, God's hand leads you somewhere else, you're not just leaving a community of believers, but you are invited to join another church community of believers, another church. Goodbyes create and build community. And here's the good, the good news in that, is that Jesus is present in the midst of goodbyes. Jesus is present in the midst of goodbyes. When we talk about the local church, um, I guess a couple months ago now, we had a family meal and we, I just threw a bunch of information at you, okay? One of the things that I threw at you was what I called the why of the local church. And that is why we meet together. Um, the first reason is that God, well, I'll just give you the summary. <laughs> Throughout all of history, no matter who you're talking about, God has always set aside people for himself. And he has always organized those people in general in this way. He has called them his people. He has put them in a place that he has designed and created for them. And he has put them there to be under his good and righteous authority, experiencing the fullness of his blessings. So God's people, in God's place, under his authority, experiencing the fullness of his blessings. In talking about that, we talked about the local church as a group of people set aside by God and called together under Christ, united through the Holy Spirit. The church is also a place. It's the place where under biblically defined leadership, the grace of God is shown and received in ways that have been determined by him and are set out for us in Scripture. And then lastly, we see God's authority in His action in the church. The church is to be the primary place where God's people are called together, gathered, in order to be sent back out, scattered, 
Said another way, this is where the blessings of God, church, can be most clearly or should be most clearly seen and shared so that those blessings can go back out. God's people in God's place under God's good authority experiencing the fullness of his blessings. But here's what else we've studied together. You have been saved to community. Okay, you've been saved. That sounds strange, right? You have been saved to community. We studied this, this together in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, we read this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When you are saved, when Jesus saves you, when he makes your heart new through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you understand the gift of faith and repentance that has been given to you, you become a part of a community. You've been saved to community. We are also sanctified in community. Now, we could go to what most of us think of being made holy. And that is true. If you spend a lot of time in community, you will be made more holy or you will be forced to hide your sins more often. Okay? Right? I don't want to keep using my kids as an example because they're sitting in the room, right? But when you live in close quarters with people, you see all the faults and foibles and all the problems that other people have. You have the same conversations over and over again. Kean still steals my toothbrush every morning, okay? And yet, and yet, um, in community, we are sanctified. We are made more into the likeness of Christ, which doesn't just mean, although it does mean, being made more holy. What it also means is being set apart more in Christ. Being set apart more in Christ. That is to say that as we gather as a church, more and more we should be growing together as a church family. And when we invite people to come and to visit our church and to take part in this gathering, what they should see as we reflect the diversity of Hermanus in our gathering and our scattering, what they should be seeing is a group of people that are being um, set apart by God the Holy Spirit more and more. Understanding each other's faults. Forgiving one another as we saw in Colossians this morning, and helping each other to grow. Uh, We see this in John 17 in Jesus' high priestly prayer, right? Um, And it's actually, I love that passage because so often we take the work of sanctification on ourselves. And yes, there is a certain amount of discipline that we must take in being sanctified. And yet, what does Jesus say? say? Father, sanctify them. God is the one that is doing the work in your life to make you more set apart and to make you more holy. 
We have also been placed in community to serve. We are to serve in community. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we read this, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Awake or sleep, that is alive or dead. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are already doing. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 to 11. In an old confession of faith or a catechism, a question and response way of better understanding God's word and God's truth, there's a question that goes like this. What do you understand by the communion of the saints? Uh, you could say the gathering of God's people. Uh, and the answer is, first, that believers, one and all, as members of the Lord Jesus Christ, are partakers with him in all his treasures and gifts. And second, that each one must feel himself bound to use his gifts readily and cheerfully for the advantage and welfare of other members. Said another way, you have been given good gifts by God and you are to use them with God's people in community. So we have been saved to community. We are being sanctified in community. And by and large, that is happening through service in that community. Now, Wade, what does this have to do with goodbyes? Well, I don't know. Let's see if we can get there this morning, okay? Let's see if we can get there. It is true that there are pain in goodbyes. There is pain in goodbyes. Um, I still have a picture that's saved on our computer of saying goodbye to my parents, leaving America for the first time to come to South Africa. And I look at that picture, and every time I look at it, I start to cry. Uh, I don't really cry about not being with my dad anymore, but that picture makes me cry, okay? I love my dad, don't misunderstand. <laughs> but there is pain in goodbyes, and most of the time, goodbyes don't get any easier unless... You cut yourself off from community, and you cut yourself off from relationship with others. Goodbyes don't typically get easier. And also, we see in Scripture that goodbyes are a normal part of the Christian life. Most often seen in Paul's letters, we see Paul saying goodbye all the time. Even saying goodbye to people that he hasn't even met yet and being heartbroken about not meeting them and maybe not getting the chance to meet them. But in Colossians chapter 1, we read this, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. That's a dangerous verse right there, and we'll come back to it of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Paul says he is filling up the sufferings of Christ. What is lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought in Christ's sufferings, in his death, in his perfect life, he totally covered over all of my sin. 
That is true. What Paul is talking about here is the ministry that he has been given to continue preaching the good news, to make sure that everyone hears it. And the only way that everyone that is meant to hear it from Paul's lips is going to hear it is if he keeps marching forward. No matter if he is shipwrecked, snake-bitten, beat nearly to death with stones, or imprisoned, he has to keep going forward. And that is what he is talking about. Really what he is talking about is the constant pain of goodbye. We even see him later on uh, in Philippians longing to die. Probably given the, being given the opportunity to kill himself. And yet he doesn't take it. He doesn't say goodbye even though he wants to say hello to Jesus that day. There's more pain in living than there was in dying. And yet he decided to say goodbye to Jesus for one more day than he did to end his mission. To end his filling up in what was lacking in the sufferings of Christ. To make sure that everyone would hear. There's also a great importance in goodbyes. Um, just recently, uh, we all know Maureen. Her husband Tony died suddenly of a heart attack. And there were no goodbyes in that situation. There were no goodbyes. There is great pain in not having a proper goodbye. So Steve and Robin, we want to have that with you guys. Because we don't want to regret not having a goodbye. Goodbyes are important. In Acts chapter 20, we read this, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. In the midst of that, Paul is saying goodbye to a church. And he wants to make sure that in his goodbye, he is letting it known that it is important that he keeps going. Therefore, it is important that he says goodbye. And lastly, there are blessings in goodbyes. Um, I'm going to have to cut our time here just a little bit short, so forgive me for that, but I'll try to do a quick rundown in these last couple minutes of the best thing that I can come up with as far as what makes up a blessing in goodbyes. Um, in Acts chapter 13, there was a little situation where uh, Paul and Barnabas were going out on mission, and there was a young man who was with them, a young man whose gospel we're reading right now, Mark. And that young man, interestingly enough, uh, we read about him in other places in the Bible. His mother was an important figure in the early church. Uh, he was maybe somehow related to Barnabas. Uh, and yet, what we see with this young man, Mark, is that for whatever reason, he decides to leave and not fulfill his commitment to Paul and to Barnabas. Now, Barnabas is a very forgiving guy. We see this in Galatians when, despite the fact that Peter was accidentally causing some division and he saw Peter's failings, he decided to go along with what Peter was doing to try to keep unity. We see Barnabas other, well, other places, like, for instance, teaming up with Paul, 
who no one trusted, and then later teaming up again with Mark despite the fact that he had abandoned them. Barnabas had a soft place for people. Paul, not always. So in Acts chapter 13, we see Mark leave the mission. And Paul is very disappointed in this. Two or three years later, Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas have, you could say, had a real ministry success, a real victory at the Council of Jerusalem. And they have helped the church get through the growing pains of welcoming Gentiles into the body. And right on the tail, the the heels of that success, Barnabas says, Paul, we're going back out on mission, right? He says, yes. He says, let's invite Mark. And Paul says, no, I'm not inviting him because he can't be trusted. (laughs) And they decide to part ways. About 10 years later, we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is writing, he's close to death at this point, and he says, will you please send Mark to me? He's useful to me. He doesn't mean useful like, yeah, I could use his skills right now, although we know his skills and his writing of the gospel, being ascribed to Peter and so on and so forth. Um, He's useful in that Paul needs his encouragement. He's useful in that he is an integral part to mission. And Paul was willing to say goodbyes at the beginning to separate. And yet, in the midst of that, Barnabas taught Paul a lesson as well. He taught him that, Paul, you need to take young, weak believers that want to grow in the faith under your wing. And what did Paul do? He took on Timothy. He took on Timothy. Steve, that actually has nothing to do with you. That's just the importance of sometimes saying goodbye for the mission to grow. There is an importance and there are blessings in saying goodbye because that mission will grow. Lastly, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, when Timothy comes, he's speaking to the church in Corinth who is not living in a unified way right now, Everything is broken asunder. Everything is falling apart. And this is what Paul says. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. What's Paul saying? He's young in the ministry. We read that in 1 and 2 Timothy as well. Don't break him down. You guys are dysfunctional. Don't mess him up. This is Paul taking a young man under his wing, like maybe he should have done with Mark, but instead what Barnabas did with Mark. And then he continues. Now concerning Apollos, our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. That's an interesting thing. Paul is an important man. He's an apostle. In so many ways, he's the preeminent apostle. He's the top apostle. Apollos is just a preacher, a good preacher, but just a preacher. And yet, what does Paul say about Apollos? It was not at all his will. Not at all God's will? No. Not at all Apollos' will for him to come right now. 
Just after that, he says to the Corinthians, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. That translation, act like men, it could be actually act like women, act like men, act like mature believers is what Paul is saying. So what's happening here? He's saying, Timothy is coming to you, help him mature. Apollos, who is a mature believer, had his own mind about what his mission should be. And instead of saying, yes, Paul, I'll come right away, he said, no, I have to say goodbye to that. Because what God has called me to is important right now. And the mission is spreading. There is a blessing in goodbyes. One thing that um, in this process of uh, walking with Steve and Robin through them moving, um, I have loved seeing their confidence. Their confidence of, okay, yeah, we are a young church and a small church, and do we need lots of help? Yeah, we do. And yet, they are moving on to do the work that God has called them to. And they should do that. Paul says that Apollos is doing that. Paul is helping Timothy do that. No one's coming together. In fact, goodbyes are important, even though they're painful, and they're a blessing to the church. Because that means that the good news is going out. All right. Back to our big idea. Goodbyes create and build community. Jesus is present in the midst of goodbyes. Where do I get that from? Well, in John chapter 17, we see Jesus' what's called his high priestly prayer. His, one of his final acts of ministry to his disciples and to you and to me as well. And I've preached this message to you before. I'm not going to go through the whole passage. Um, But we could start around verses 14 and go to the end of chapter 17. Here's what we see. We see Jesus saying goodbye to his disciples. And he's lingering on it. He's praying for them. Not only that, but he is praying that they will be sanctified. He's praying that God will protect them from the evil one. And he is praying that they will be sent out into the world. We should be praying that for one another. And the good news here in John chapter 17, and it specifically says this, is that not just for the people that are standing in front of me, Jesus says, but for all of those that are going to come after them. All of those that are going to trust in me after these 12 disciples. Jesus prayed that prayer for you and for me. He prayed this prayer of goodbye over us, promising to always be present with us in the midst of painful goodbyes, because goodbyes are important and they are actually a blessing to God's people as well. In Romans chapter 5, we read this. 
Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Painful goodbyes are good goodbyes because they produce endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we now have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is a good summary of the good news. As we've been studying Mark, Jesus proclaims to each and every one of us, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in that good news. And Jesus is also constantly reminding us in Mark's gospel that if you know Christ as your Savior, you are forgiven. Christian, you are forgiven this morning. There's no shame. There is no baggage in saying goodbyes. Jesus said his goodbyes, and he prayed for us in that goodbye for our goodbyes as well. Let's pray together now. God, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he has prayed and continues to pray for each and every person in this room. God, we thank you that each and every person in this room, that our sins have been declared forgiven by God through Jesus Christ. If there's anyone in this room that does not know Christ as their Savior, I ask that the truth of that forgiveness would be planted deep in their hearts by God the Holy Spirit. And the gift of faith that you offer freely would be taken hold of. And God, we will thank you for that. God, as we say goodbye to each other this morning, as you send us back out into the world, I pray that we would be ever mindful of the forgiveness that we have in you. And also that through that forgiveness that we would not live lives of selfishness that goes against the good news, but that we would live lives of sacrificing ourselves for others. For everyone that we find ourselves in community with, at home, at work, 
and in your church. God, we love you. We know that you have blessed us and that you are keeping us. We know that you have made your face to shine upon us in Christ and that he has been gracious to us, both in his life and in his death. And today, Lord, we know that you have given us all the support that we need to get through today and that you promise all the support that we need to get through tomorrow. Thank you for making us at peace with yourself. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. And remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.